This is My Take Radio's Beyond the Mic. What's going on, guys? It's Rich. We got a brand new My Take Radio Beyond the Mic. Joining me is Drew Selden from Project Triforce. For those not familiar with the Project Triforce name, those giant replica lancers from Gears of War, those trophies from Arkham City, those come from the great, brilliant minds at Project Triforce. Of course, they've created great weapons for Mass Effect. They're working on some stuff for Darksiders 2, replicas of some of the fa- your favorite Arkham City trophies, and Drew stopped by to share a little bit about Project Triforce and give us some insight into the Project Triforce brand. Drew, thanks for ta- Drew, thanks for taking the time to stop in. What's going on? Nothing, man. My pleasure. Thank you for having us. It's always great to work with good people. Well, one of the things everybody, of course, knows you guys for is for the large Lancer replica. Let the listeners know how did you guys get into it and how did you guys launch Project Triforce? Well, Project Triforce launched because my partner Rob and I couldn't find the caliber of collectible for video game that we were looking for. And, you know, the American way, we couldn't find it, so we made it ourselves. It was really the inspiration. Uh, you know, the the amazing companies out there were giving insane attention to movie props and, and TV props and, and stuff like that. But Really, I mean, video games just weren't getting the love that, that they deserved, and that's that's where Project Triforce was born. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Lancer replica is probably, I mean, you've done some, some, you guys have done some beautiful and ambitious pieces. I mean, the, the smaller weapons from Gears, going as far as to do the gold editions, which <laughs> many gamers uh, strive to collect and bought for their avatars at the time. It, I know that obviously this probably stems from, a great relationship with the creators of the game, but why the Lancer being the first one? Did you feel that that was because it was the most iconic weapon in gaming today? Well, I mean, definitely in the Gears universe. You know, when when you're thinking of the iconic weapons, you know, from whether it's movies or video games, you always want to start kind of at that, you know, at that pinnacle. I mean, you know, I say Star Wars to you. What do you think of? You think of the lightsaber. I mean, it's it's... It's just something that everybody who watched the movie wanted and everybody who played Gears 1, 2, and 3, you know, what, what did you want to use? What, what did you want to hold? What was that fantasy weapon where you said to yourself, dude, I got to have that. I got to know what that's like to hold. I got to chainsaw somebody. And it was, it was the Lancer. So it was the, it was the obvious place to start when, when looking at Gears. Well, you guys also expanded that and you guys even did the, uh, the, locust, uh, the locust drone head sculpt which was amazing. I mean, for for somebody who's a huge movie buff and a and a huge comic collector, seeing something like that, especially dedicated to a game so quickly and so well done, it looked like it was straight out of something that was going to be used for a movie prop. Um, how do you guys come up with the ideas of what you're going to tackle next um, in well, that regard? Well, the drone, I'll give the quick drone story, and then I'll, I'll answer your question. 
The drone was actually a design maquette sculpted by the art director of Epic Games, Chris Perna. I mean, that was – he had a nightmare one night, and it was the Locust drone. And the next morning he got up and he sculpted it. And they were like, yeah, we need to come up with the villain, you know, the bad guys. We need to come up with the Locust drone. What do they look like? And Chris was like, I know what they look like. And he showed them the sculpt. So that design maquette was based off his original sculpture of the Locust. And then we had uh, some Hollywood effects people go to work uh, with us painting it and making it, you know, that lifelike creature. So that's where that camp came from. But, I mean, how do we choose? Again, we start with the iconic thing. With Gears, we started with the Lancer. With Mass Effect, we started with the M8. With uh, Arkham City, we started with, you know, our, our Batarang display. Uh, you know, so again, there are those what I would call the, the, the primary weapon, the primary focus, the, you know, that iconic image of, okay, it, it, it's easy to figure out the first one, then it's where do you go from there. Did you guys during the Lancer assault rifle design ever contemplate, or probably not even for general sale, but make it that the chainsaw bayonet worked? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I would love to make functioning parts and, and, and have all moving things and have clips pop out and have chainsaws spin and have triggers work. But we're not allowed to do that. Um, we we can't import these things. Ah, uh, okay. All these moving parts and stuff like that. We have enough trouble as is getting everything through customs. Um, and we have to work very closely with them. And, hey, I respect all the people who, who protect this country. And I appreciate their services. But, it's I mean, sometimes it's a bear. We have a lot of trouble sometimes with some of the props. Yeah, I can imagine, you know, they're, they're scanning that assault rifle prop and they're like holy cow <laughs> this is not good right what is this you know that that's kind of the thing so well i know seeing seeing all the all the great work you guys done when when gears when ice cube got involved when ice t got involved excuse me <laughs> i and seeing him unboxing and going hey look at my lancer replica i'm like i'm like holy shit these guys have made it <laughs> how, how was that moment for you guys that just seeing something in the hands of, of a guy who's, who's, you know, well known in pop culture and is such a fan, not only of the series, but also of just of gaming in general. Right. No, I mean, that was awesome. I mean, that that YouTube video is off the charts. Incredible. You know, Ice adds his his own personality to it. And, you know, it was just so sick. Uh, we, I mean, we watched that like a thousand times the first day it came out. And just grinned each and every time we watched it. So, and, and even you know, even even to this day, we'll still do that search on YouTube and find it. And it was a, it was a great video, and you know, we were glad that he loved it, and and you know, glad that he saw how much time and love went into it. So, it was very cool. Yeah, when when you guys did the second game, I and you guys put out the bus for Marcus. I was like, all right, I'm like, they went a little safer this time. Was that <laughs> intentional? Did you guys want to kind of scale back a little bit, especially after putting out something so huge? As uh, as the Lancer, not not really scale back. We we'd love to do more character pieces. You know, we're known for props, but you know, we every once in a while we want to strut our stuff and and show what we can do with respect to a character piece. And you know, uh, we that that's fun too. You know, that gives us also a chance to be a little bit more creative. Where the Lancer is what it is. You know, with the Marcus bust, it was okay. What do we want to show? You know, what do we want the base display to show? You know, we wanted to tell a little bit of a story. So, again, we kind of – we enjoy the character pieces because they do let us be a little bit more creative, which is fun. Yeah, I when I saw it, I was like, that's probably – because I, I usually collect a lot of busts, you know, from Bowen and, and guys that do a lot of Marvel stuff. So to see that 
and the amount of detail that went into it, I was very impressed because it wasn't an overly large, aggressive piece. You know, it was streamlined enough that you can put it on your desk. It wouldn't be it wouldn't be detrimental to your to somebody's layout. So I really like that that you guys made it sized well enough and and designed it well enough that it wasn't intrusive. You know, like some of these larger busts, they take up a lot of space. Right. One thing I wanted to ask, and I want to just backtrack for the for the Locust drone that that maquette and that design actually was done prior to the Locust drone even put in game. Yes, that wow. was the, that was the original design for the drone that everything was based off of. That's insane. So this guy had a nightmare, and that nightmare became the Locust drone. That's that's pretty, a, pretty much. That's that's wild on so many levels. <laughs> You guys for 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 three. You guys went hammer burst and uh, cog snub. Now, for obviously the the cog, you guys went locust edition and regular. Was that a conscious decision, or did you guys just want to give people a little bit more variety? Wanted to give people variety. Um, you know, listen. Some people are into the locust. Some people are into the coalition. Uh, you know, it was it was a cool little variant, and it was it was fun to make. Um, you know. It, we we when when a variant lends itself because it's popular in game or you know it can be a a good guy bad guy kind of weapon we like doing it because it does again it gives people hey express yourself which one do you want to be what do you like and and uh you know by doing that again it gives people the choice so that's kind of cool with creating some of these guns what's the creative process like how long does it take you guys from to go from specking out to manufacturing on average I mean, on average, it could take from soup to nuts. It could take anywhere from eight months to 12 months. Wow, it's, really? It, it's, it's a grueling process. And how does the creative process work? Somebody draws it out first, and somebody molds it, and then you guys kind of pick apart what's right and wrong, and then you proceed to do a, a, a final render? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, we start everything with sketches, and then we move on to you know doing it digitally. Uh, and then we work with Epic and get their approval and get their sign-offs and and go from there and then once everybody says that it's perfect you know then we'll go into the physical prototyping nice yeah for it to take 12 months to make a weapon you guys put the utmost care into it i mean the um some one of our writers he's a huge mass effect fan i said hey check out this rifle and he's like holy cow and he's like i can i can buy that thing and i'm like yeah <laughs> And he he didn't he didn't get that out, and he's like, oh, but it's small, right? You can put it on your desk. I'm like, nope, life size. One to one scale, baby. He was he was dumbfounded with regards to that. And I know I when you guys started touching on the Arkham City stuff, I was I wasn't worried only because there's so many different interpretations of Batman out there. I was just curious, given your knack for weapons, what you guys were going to go with. So it was nice to see like the trophies, which are again a nice a nice showpiece. But the Batarang blew blew me out of the water just because it had it had little bit of elements from the game, but it also just maintained being iconic in the books, which I liked. But yeah, I mean everything you know. Again, we do we base it off the in game. Um, but with the Batarang, you know, again, where, where are you going to start with Batman? Obviously, you got to start with the main weapon. Uh, and a lot of people have done Batarangs, but we wanted to add our own kind of twist to it. And we thought that, you know, using the base kind of Batcave technology, uh, using the gauntlet, showing the full size of Batman, like, hey, this is what his arm is like, you know, in that suit. 
And again, giving it the scale, like, yeah, he's larger than life, but he really is larger than life. Yeah, I like I liked it because it maintained it being iconic. One of the things that I was bummed about when Arkham City, when, when both games actually, was the exclusive that they packed in. And I remember in the first game, they were like, oh, if you do the, the $100 pre-order, you get this Batarang. So, you know, I was excited. I'm like, oh, let me check it out. So I saw it in store, and it was like plastic, really, really cheaply made. And I was like, wow, that's what you want somebody to pay 100 bucks for. Like, <laughs> I was surprised that nobody approached you guys for something like that, even to create a pack-in or a piece that would have gone with that game because you guys gave it, you guys gave the prop justice. Even if it would have been something smaller scale, maybe PVC or something, but... That versus what what initially came with the first game, I was I was severely disheartened, you know, and to see you guys put so much care into it, and it wasn't like you guys were were going out of your way to charge somebody an arm and a leg for it. You 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 guys build collector grade items. Yeah, I mean, what what we joke about is that uh, you know we're not just designing pieces. In certain cases, we're designing furniture. You know, we we call the 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 batarang set with all the lights and everything. We call it the lantern. Because it gives off a lot of light and, you know, it's not something that just is a display piece. You can keep it plugged in. You can keep the lights on. And, like, literally you have a light source for a room. Yep. I saw that in, in some of the uh, renders and some of the photos that the lights seemed fairly bright. Even the uh, the frosty part underneath the hand glows really well. Yeah. I mean, it, it gives off a cool shade. But, again, those there's four, you know, LED flood lamps on there plus all the, the, the uh, smaller LEDs that circle it. So, again, in, in a... In a dark area, it gives off a decent chunk of light, and it, it'll certainly be a good addition to, you know, to a collection or, or into a gaming room or however you want to display it. What's the process for you guys to get licensing? I know you guys are working with with Darksiders too. Before we started the interview, I had told you that you know we have a great relationship with those guys, and you know that that universe has so many great and iconic items. You know, from Death Sword to the horses to I mean, from War Sword and and his horse to Death Scythe. So many different iconic pieces. Uh, how did you guys get hooked up with them, and do you guys act- actively go out to look for licenses? You know what? It's a little bit of both. Um, initially, obviously, it was us hunting uh, and us pursuing. But you know, the longer you're around in an industry, obviously, the more people you meet and the more discussions you have, whether it's at PAX or Comic Con or or E3, and you know, it becomes kind of a a mutual thing of hey, we've got this. Are you guys interested? Or Hey, you know, I know this game's coming out. We are interested. Uh, you know, so again, it, it's some back and forth with that. But really, we look at games that we think are cool. Uh, we look at games that we love to play. And that's that's kind of where our, okay, we all love this game. Is this a license we want to pursue? Should we go after this? Oh, okay. You know, and, and, and again, that's how that's how our chase begins. Yeah, because with with Darksiders, it was it was fairly new, and initially when when I spoke to those guys the first time, they didn't have, they had stuff like I remember when I bought the first game, I got a statue of war, very small statue that Best Buy gave out, but the amount of collectibles wasn't there, to the point where you would wish to see something like that because nobody was doing it right. A lot of stuff was fan made. So when I saw the scythe, especially. Uh, there's a photo of Hayden who we had on. He was yeah. holding the scythe. I was I was done. I was like that. That's a <laughs> that's amazing on a multitude of levels. Obviously, if you want to cosplay, it's cool. But just as a piece, just to hang in your house, somebody walk in and be like, "Do you really have a scythe on your wall?" Be like, "Yeah, yeah, I do." Yeah, that that thing is a monster. I mean, that thing it's six feet long and four feet high. 
uh, and you know we we incorporated the LEDs in the blade, you know, with the with the glyphs on it, and it's. I mean, it's so over the top that it fits in, you know, pretty much with what we do. It's, you know, we joke around kind of, we go big or we go home. And I mean, you can't get much bigger than that. No, absolutely. I mean, that's a, that's a wonderful piece. I mean, when you buy the collector's edition, you were getting the mask. So for you guys to do something like that, and you guys are also working on the, on the full statue as well, correct? Yeah, there's a death statue um, that way back when there was talk that it was going to be part of a collector's edition, but that didn't happen. So what we're going to do is we're going to turn it around and it's either going to be, you know, 20 inches or 24 inches. And it's, it's, it's a pretty sick piece. It's got death. He's got both his sites. We'll probably do a variant where you could swap out, um, you know, different sites. It'll have LEDs. Uh, it's got dust in there. It's, it, it, it's pretty sick. We're going to be uh, showing off uh, a smaller version of it uh, in New York at, at, uh, during Comic-Con. Yeah, I saw the one that that they had on their page initially. Yeah, and, it, uh, that, that that's the one. But like I said, the final version will be uh, a much bigger one. Nice. Yeah, we were joking around when I had him on air. I'm like, you do realize he kind of looks like Skeletor from Masters of the Universe, right? We, <laughs> we had a we had a good laugh about that. Everybody's like, hey, you know, that wasn't intentional. I'm like, yeah, but you know, the the, <laughs> the '80s baby in me finds the uh, the the things that we can closely relate to. No doubt. Uh, one thing I, I wanted to ask with regards to just Darksiders 2, and you guys, I know you guys have a coming soon for Warhammer. Uh, have you guys been approached even from the film industry about some of your work only because like, these are, these are movie grade props. Like if I were to do a gears movie, I'd come to you to make me a Lancer. Cause clearly yeah. you guys know how to make it the best. Yeah. I mean, we have been, we've been in discussions with people. Uh, you know, there's always ongoing discussions, but yes, uh, we definitely have been, but Triforce, we really want to keep Triforce as a company that makes collectibles for video games, uh, you know, we will, if the situation was right, we would do a job for hire kind of thing. But really, as far as what we're going to sell, runs that we're going to produce, we really want to keep it right now strictly focused in the video game world. I can respect that. Do you guys, do you guys kind of account for how many pieces you want to move for each item? Because a lot of times I see it, and a week or so later, boom, the item is gone. Do you guys like doing it like that just because it adds, it, it makes the item feel more special, like, hey, I got this, this one's mine, and they may not make another one? Well, I mean, it, it, it's, it's also what we can produce in the right amount of time. I mean, we, we normally stick to about 500. Um, with the Predator pistol, we went up a little bit uh, just with anticipated sales, and with the Batarang, we went a little higher, again, based upon anticipated sales. But if we keep the number at 500, it's a number that we can comfortably produce. We can comfortably produce properly without, you know, feeling, oh, my God, we're behind schedule. We need to cut corners kind of thing. Right. Um, it, it's always a number we can hit. It's a number we know in a certain time frame we can get out. Uh, and, you know, it, it's, a, it's a smart number that we can sell through uh, and it – adds like you had said a good level of collectability hey there is only 500 of these and pretty much all the products that we've released so far have sold out so it is part of that hey these are gonna go um and if you want yours you know get yours now the 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 funny thing is how many times we get calls about oh when are you gonna make another lancer when are you gonna remake the lancer when are you gonna remake the lancer and we don't you know we're not gonna remake the lancer when we make, 
when we make a product and it sells through, then it sells through. Like that's that's just kind of part of it. Well, I like that because a lot of times, and as a comic collector, and even as a, as a toy collector, in that was one of the most frustrating things. You go through all this trouble, you know. Say you go, you drop fifty, sixty bucks on a toy you can't find or a book you can't find. They go, yeah, we're gonna do second release or a second printing. It devalues with all the time and effort you put into it. Yeah, sure, you'll be able to get it out to a bigger audience, but you're not the people that invested their time and energy into your brand. You kind of alienate them in doing that. So I applaud you for for sticking to your guns and making sure that when it's won, it's done. That's it. Yeah, I mean that that is truly. I, I mean it, it's kind of fair, like you said. I mean, people who are going to make the move to get these things early on and and help support us. It's 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 really. You know, it's just not right to then two years later be like, hey, you know, we made another one. And that one, the newer one will always be a little bit better as we get better and as technology gets better. So then it's kind of like, well, this one's even got, you know, a few more details than the other one. Just because, again, we're better at what we do than we were three years ago. It's just not right. No, I I agree. I mean – that like I said, it just it just takes away from it being so special. You know, seeing the first Lancer rifle when I saw it at the the first Comic Con we worked, I was like, this can't be for sale. And then I remember I walked by the booth, and the guys that were working the booth, they're like, hey, we sold out all uh, out of all of them. I think I saw them that Saturday by right. the end of the day, and they're like, we sold out all our guns. I'm like, <laughs> that's insane because you know it wasn't so much the fact that you guys had sold out, but the fact that people were genuinely coming in there parting with that with that level of money. You know, and had that level of cash on them, and we're just walking out into the street with a giant lancer rifle. <laughs> you know, like it, like like yeah, sure, no problem. That's what I'm gonna do, and th- that's what I mean. I've seen people, and I've seen this when when you guys post on Facebook, and you guys post some of these designs, and you see people, oh, you know, that's an arm and a leg, you know, or that's too much money. It's like you do realize that it takes time and effort to build this, especially with you telling me it takes a year to build it out. You're not gonna sell this for a hundred bucks. It's impossible, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, again, it's a tough thing, and listen, it's not for everybody. I mean, again, dude, who who doesn't look at, at you know, a, a BMW or a Mercedes and be like, ah, oh, dude, that's way nicer than, you know, my 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 Dodge. You All know, right. I, I mean, it just, it is what it is. Uh, you know, we're trying to make a, a very high-end product, uh, and, and, you know, in doing so, it, it takes a lot to, to do that, so... And it's collector grade. I mean, even even collecting figures and collecting statues, I shifted from collecting figures to collecting statues for that reason because you're you grow up and you realize, you know, I can't have a closet full of action figures. It looks weird. But um obviously the the statues just they're they're better conversation pieces and you're at a place when you're older and just financially responsible that you can say, "Hey, I want to buy this $800 Lancer and hang it on my wall when somebody comes in" because it becomes like you said it uh, it's a piece of furniture. It becomes something that raises conversation, gets people talking. And the only way you're going to do that is by giving the piece justice and investing that kind of money. You're not going to buy a Batarang bust and keep it in your closet. You're going to want that boom right in, right in your living room or right above your fireplace when people walk in. They're like, whoa, that's really cool. Right. No, definitely. And that and that's kind of how we, we look at these things. What's a, what's, a, what's a license that's on your wish list that you'd like to do? As a uh, fan, well, I mean, you know, it, it's difficult to not say that you'd want to make Halo weapons. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's some badass stuff in 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 what we've seen in the Halo universe and in what we've seen coming from the new game. I mean, the Forerunners and all their weaponry 
technology looks amazing. Um, we've been in discussions with Microsoft to try and get something done. Um, oh, good. I, you know, again, obviously that's something that is, is really exciting. Uh, you know, as far as statue licenses, I mean, there's some amazing games coming out this year between games like, you know, Injustice. Yep. Uh, you know, The Last of Us. You know, obviously, again, these are these are titles that you're looking at going, you know, these games are going to be tremendous. And how do you not want to be a part of that? I was always I was always shocked that you guys and, and this isn't even something I can I can place on you guys, but. Just in general, a license that I that nobody's ever really given justice to was God of War. Well, it's funny. We've actually, you know, again, that's another thing we've talked to Sony about. But it's tough because people have done statues that are kind of cool. But, you know, the Blades of Chaos are awesome yep. in game. But, you know, what makes them special is is the effects that go with them. So it would be really tough to do them and do them properly. Uh, I see what you're saying. You know, and that and that's also the way we look at things. It's like, okay, can we make it? Yes, but can we make it properly? That's that's a good way to look at it. And and that's something tough because, I mean, everyone came to us like, oh, you guys going to make an Omniblade? You guys going to make an Omniblade? And the short answer is I'd love to make an Omniblade for Mass Effect, but it's hard because if it didn't come out right, it would look like a piece of crap. That's true. I agree. So, so again, it's kind of like you know these things were never designed for real world application, and and it's 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 a fine line between getting them from you know your your gaming system to the real world. It, it's tough. No, I've I've been notorious. I went through a a sword collecting phase, and you know you you fish around and you try to find stuff. And I remember I went to a guy at a, at a comic con years years before I started covering them for the site, and he was selling a replica of Lion O sword from Thundercats. Right. And it was probably the most poorly done weapon <laughs> I've ever seen. The, the The symbol was wrong. Uh, the handles were, were incorrect. The paint was chipping. So I, I can respect the fact that you guys, if you can't do it 100% right and do it justice, you won't do it. Yeah, I mean, that that's part of, of what we're uh, what we're all about, so... What did you what What did you guys think of of the Assassin's Creed universe? I mean, there's some there's some great stuff there. We you know there's we've we've spoke to the guys at Ubisoft and they've spoken with us. Um, there's some amazing stuff there, and it's sick games and incredible stuff to get involved with. But again, we're just not sure if we could do exactly you know it, give it give it the exact amount of love that it deserves. That's. Uh... I, I can't I can't even blame you for for going that route because it's true it's you'd rather hey if I got to do a bust and it can't look right I'm not going to do it. Yeah, because then it's kind of like, you know, well, that piece kind of sucked and people get it and they're not happy and you know, wh- where does that leave you? No, I think I think that's the that's the toughest part. I've as a statue collector and as a collector of of various collectibles, I've seen some poorly done stuff, so I can I can respect the that especially, especially when you get into stuff that's done smaller to scale and they try to just squeeze all that detail into that, into something so small, it never looks a hundred percent right. No. And, and like I said, you don't, you don't want to do that to the fans. It's not cool. Being, being based here in New York city, I know that you guys, you get to see so much different art, so much different talent. Um, do you guys actively pursue your talent for for sculpting your pieces or do you just work more closely with the the game designers to get that stuff done because i mean the 
the piece that you guys did for the Locust Drone, there were a lot of people involved in its creation. So I was just curious as to how that goes to get all the talent. Well, yeah, I mean, there are people we have in mind, hey, you know who'd love to work with or, you know, who would be great at painting this. So, I mean, there are definitely people who we pursue. And, and you know, but again, really everything stems from working with the developers. I mean, whether it's the, the awesome teams at, at BioWare and EA or, you know, Epic and Microsoft or, or Rocksteady and Warner Brothers, you know, it, it, or the guys at THQ. I mean, these are incredibly talented people. So we can take our cues from them and they're so generous with their time and, and are very, again, very just supportive of what we do. So it, it, it makes life easier on us. Makes sense. Which, which out of those companies micromanage you guys the most in terms of design, not in, not in a negative, but just in a sense that they, they were like, Hey, how's it looking? When are we going to see a prototype? How much time can we expect before delivery? (laughs) You know what? I, I mean, in all honesty, None of them really pushed it to that. None of them really, you know, micromanaged us. I mean, it, it's very collaborative. Uh, wow, I'm shocked. Again, they they look at us as as not a licensor. You know, we're we're a partner. We're we're trying to enhance the brand. We're trying to, you know, give people a piece of of their game. And because of that, it, it, it's we. we a piece isn't going to go into production until it's been signed off on on all facets. So, you know, nobody wants to rush it. No, there's no rush to get something out. There's no deadline. Uh, you know, we just want to get it right, and they just want to get it right. So it's it's not even like that. Wow, I'm I'm so shocked at hearing that. Only because you know, so many of these companies, especially with stuff that ties into the game, they want to try and get it out there and get it in people's hands. You know, as soon as it releases, or within a week or two after it releases. So it it's I'm shocked to hear that they're that there's they give you guys so much creative freedom. I mean, that's great just because it allows you guys to focus on the product. Right. I mean, it's not so much creative freedom because we don't take any any creative leaps when it comes to technical aspects of a piece. Like we're not going to, you know, make the barrel of a gun longer or, or switch the trigger on something because we think, ah, it's OK, cooler. you know, so it, it's not so much that they're giving us that, but they are they're just supporting it because they want to see it. Uh, you know, and they want to see it correctly, and we want to give gamers what the companies are showing them. You know, we don't, we don't. Nobody cares what I think the Lancer should be like. Nobody cares what I think the Death, sh- you know, Scythe should be like. They want what they see in the game. I mean, you sit down and you spend thirty hours with Darksiders or or fifty hours at Mass Effect. You know what these weapons look like. You know what these characters look like, and you want what you see. And that's that's what we strive to give everybody on every piece. Yeah. The, the amount of time and detail you guys put in is, is apparent, especially when you guys did, with, with the M3, it was such a smaller gun in scale, you know, more streamlined, more, I want to even say more pretty. I mean, the COG was an, an aggressive handgun. It had a really great profile, but with, with, the, with the M3, it was just a smaller, more, more svelte gun. So I can acknowledge all the small details that you guys put in, you know, a little bit of the, of the kind of degradation of paint. On the barrel, stuff like that. I was I was really impressed with that level of detail you guys put in. Thank you. Because you know nobody nobody does that amount of detail without spending intimate time with the game, which of course leads me to my next question: how much how much time did you guys invest into these games and studying the weapons? Well, you know, I listen. I mean, much like everybody else, it's like these games are a commitment. I mean, you spend more time 
with a video game than you'd ever do with a movie or a TV show. Right. So, you know, it's, it's, you got, you got to put your time in and, and do it correctly. I mean, we, we sat down and we played through the games and there are other, you know, some of us will sit down longer and do every side mission. And some of the guys in the office just, you know, want to plow through the, the, the main story. Um, you know, but we all, we all take our time and, and look at the stuff and, you know, decide, okay, you know, what's going to be next and which way we should go and how we should go about it. So, no, that's, that's one of those things with, especially with something like that and that detail. And it's funny because for Mass Effect, there were so many guns and, you know, so many blades. And like you had mentioned with the Halo universe, I've seen guys, they go and they create a plasma sword on their own. And I was going to ask, uh, how, how, how tripped out is it sometimes that you're sitting there at Comic-Con and you guys are working a booth and people are walking by and cosplay and you're like, wow, that guy put all that effort into make, you know, X weapon or Y weapon. It looks pretty damn good. No, we love it. I love talking to people who created their own stuff. And, you know, what What really kind of excites us is that somebody will take all this time and money and building themselves armor for something and then be like, hey, I need your piece to complete my suit. Yeah, that's always a beautiful thing. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's a big thrill because it's like that means that they respect what we're doing and we totally respect what they're doing because – you know, people drop five, six grand building themselves these armor, and they're they're just doing it in their spare time for fun to wear to a convention. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a lot of I saw a lot of Gears cosplayers at New York Comic Con last year, and they were they were rocking your weapons. <laughs> oh yeah, no, which is totally cool. But I, mean, I can't I can't believe people lug you know our stuff around to a convention just because it's it's so heavy and cumbersome. But hey, they want authenticity, so I guess you know all the power to them. I've seen also a lot of uh, Gears of War shorts that have been done. Have you have you guys seen your your weapon reused in some of those shorts? Yeah, so we've seen it uh, used in shorts. We've seen it in uh, a lot of um, uh, like mag like magazine uh, features from overseas. Oh, uh, really? Okay. We always see it in like weird, crazy places, which is which is awesome. One of the things I was going to ask have have they approached you, I mean, obviously, with Ice-T being one of the first celebs, have have other celebs tried to hit you guys up like, hey, man, I saw that Ice-T had that. Can I get one of those? Have you gotten <laughs> Have you had any of those instances yet where they're like, hey, how come how come he got one and I didn't get one? And you're like, oh, my God. No, no, no. I mean, everyone's very cool, very respectful. Nobody really uh, looks to jack us that way. Good. I'm glad just because... You know, some of these guys, they always, especially the guys that are like hardcore gamer fans, they get so many perks and so much stuff. I'm, you know how you know how it goes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I actually wanted to uh, take the opportunity also and just thank you guys for giving gamers something else that they can follow. I mean, you can buy all the gamer T-shirts in the world. You can buy all the toys and the statues, but you don't wake up every day and say, hey, you know, I got a Lancer pistol next to my bed. I have a Lancer gun next to my bed. Or a Batman trophy from a game I beat a week ago. So the guys, they, the fact that you guys have invested so much time into giving back to the gaming industry on this level is is commendable, man. I appreciate that, Rich. I mean, that that's cool, and we're just happy that you know people are as into the stuff as we are. Uh, you know, and and hopefully we'll keep rocking out cool products, and people will keep loving them. I was. I also wanted to ask because you guys, you guys do do a tremendous amount of work 
with Facebook? Who is running your fan page all day, man? Because they, <laughs> I put out stuff for, for the show, and I'll look, and I'll be like, holy shit, these guys, they, they just don't stop. <laughs> we, we have the best. I mean, uh, his name is Andre Brown. He's our community manager, uh, and he's the man. Yeah, I, I, I dealt with Andre. I didn't even know he ran your page like that because I see some stuff, you know, like when I found out Michael Clark Duncan passed away because I logged onto my phone and I saw it on, on the site, you know, on the fan yeah. page. I was like, holy crap, he died? So, you totally, know, I was, totally I was impressed. Totally tragic. But, yeah, no, I mean, Andre's on the ball and he know. I mean, if he's into it, he feels that other gamers are into it. And, you know, it it's... Uh, I guess that's a tragic thing, but uh, and and you know our thoughts go out to his family and whatever. But um, Andre is definitely on the ball when it comes to to getting the word out. Yeah, yeah, I gotta I gotta give you guys props for that. One last question I had: the very large Marcus Phoenix statue, the big one. Yes, is that you guys too? The life size one? Yeah, yeah, that's you guys. Yeah, we made that for the launch. Uh, you know, last year. We made three of those. Um, wow. One is an Epic. One is uh, at Microsoft headquarters. And one is at the uh, GameStop and at Universal City Walk in L.A. Wow. How long, how long did that piece take? Because I wasn't sure. The design <laughs> looked the, – the, 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 excuse me. Oof. Tongue-tied. The design looked pretty close. And I was like, could it be? I'm like, I got to ask. No, how long that, did that, that take? I mean, those were monster jobs, and those are—I mean, those are about as high end as you can get. They have human hair, uh, synthetic skin, medical grade prosthetic eyes, you know, punched facial hair. I mean, we joked with them that you know, we'll give them bad breath and body odor if you want. Uh, so th- those were really cool pieces to work on. Wow, that's that's amazing because those are—I saw I saw that piece. Um, was it at Comic Con? I may have seen it at Comic Con. Uh, well, it was at it was at E three last year, and it was at San Diego uh, last year at Nerd HQ. Aha! That's where it came from because a buddy of mine goes, "Look at this," and I'm like, "No way!" And he's like, "It's life size," and I was like, "You are out of your mind." But I was, <laughs> but I wasn't sure if it was you guys because I've seen just the bust. Right? No, no, that that was us. I tell you this: If they go and they do a movie with this, they need they need to get with you guys for for reference points because for you guys to <laughs> to drag that out of the game, put it put it life size and make it look legit like it fits in a in a regular real time space is is an amazing accomplishment. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, that, uh, those pieces were really cool. What was what was the prep time for that? Uh, I mean, those, what it we take were, you two years, a year no, and a half. No, no, no. We were working round the clock on those. I mean, the funny thing is, is that the concept for making the little one and the big one are, are obviously similar. The big one's obviously just a hell of a lot bigger and requires a lot more detail. But, uh, I think that we did those, I think it was about four months we did those. Holy cow. But yeah, that, like I said, that was round the clock, nonstop, you know, <laughs> no sleep. No time for eating. Just keep working. <laughs> I can imagine your your significant others must have given you hell until they saw uh, where all the work went. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I I am married, and my wife couldn't be more supportive, and and you know she's the best, and I couldn't accomplish you know uh, some of the stuff that that I do without her. So, well, as a as a fellow entrepreneur, as a guy chasing the dream, man, it's it, you guys. 
you guys are the epitome of, of making it, man. And I just wish you guys continued success. Well, thank you very much. And we haven't quite made it yet, but, you know, we're, we're, we're going to keep grinding. All right. Well, that actually is going to wrap things up. Of course, um, people can visit ProjectTriforce.com, but where else can they keep up with all the stuff that you guys are working on? Well, if you go to Project Tri- www.projecttriforce.com and get on the site, and that could take you to our Twitter feed, and that could take you to uh, you know our, our, our Facebook, and as Richard said, you know Andre will keep you in the know about everything, uh, and he'll let you know when products are going on sale and what's coming next and where we're going to be, and you know if we're running any kind of promotion or if we're running a a, um, a giveaway of some kind. We like to do all those you know little things. Uh, and then you can definitely come check us out at New York Comic Con. We'll be there. Uh, we'll be showing off some cool new stuff, uh, something new from Batman. That oh, nice. Is, that is uh, Nightwing-related. Ooh. Um, we're planning on debuting a Gears of War 3 torque bow. Uh, we're struggling to make sure it's going to be ready, but uh, as of right now, we look like we'll be, we'll be ready to display it in five weeks. Uh, we're going to be showing off the death site, the death statue, um, hopefully the new version of the Space Marine Chainsword. Uh, the Hammerverse will be there. So, so again, that'll be a good spot to, to check us out as well if you're going to be in New York. Awesome. I'll make sure to get pictures of that, stop by the booth, and uh, yeah, definitely, pay man. you guys a visit. Very cool. Thanks a lot, Drew. We appreciate it. Thank you, Rich. Take care, buddy. You've just heard My Take Radio's Beyond the Mic with Drew Selden from Project Triforce. If you'd like to be a guest on a future episode of My Take Radio Beyond the Mic or My Take Radio Behind the Mic, you can email me at mtrhost at mytakeradio.com. You can listen to live episodes of My Take Radio every Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific by heading over to blogtalkradio.com forward slash mytakeradio. You can also find us on Twitter at mytakeradio, become a fan on Facebook, and add us to your circle on Google+. Thanks for listening.